Wow, what a great day it is. It's not too often that we have a day in which we celebrate baptism and communion, the Lord's Supper, all in the same worship celebration of the same day. And uh, so it's going to be a memorable day for our church for sure. And that's going to be kind of the focus of the message this morning. What do these foundational principles and practices of the church mean for us both individually and also as a committed body of believers in Christ Jesus. Uh, we need to realize, you know, that there are times of celebration for how Christ is moving within, within us and, and uh, transforming us. But they are also opportunities for us to worship together, to give thanks together, and also to remember God's love for each of us and His people. So let's turn this morning to... Romans, the sixth chapter, we're going to read the first 14 verses, and as I read these, or as we read these together, I would like you to think about the connection here of both baptism and communion. Beginning with verse 1, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his... We will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. And that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master Because you are not under the law, but under grace. In the world of business, and I think especially marketing, name and sign recognition, those are some of the things that companies think about a lot. And they try to develop. They spend a lot of money trying to develop their marketing departments. Uh, When I was in college, I always enjoyed my marketing classes more than any other. And I don't know if it was just the creativeness of it or what, but um, 
they challenged me to think creatively and consider, you know, what methods or, or what strategies would get that company best known by the consumers. So, for example, these are companies that have done a very good job with that. Now, when I put the symbol up on the screen, I'd like you guys to just say out loud the company that they represent. Okay? You ready? Okay, good job. They, they must have done a pretty good job. All right. Name two. Nick Filet, all right. John Deere. And, of course, we have to go here. <laughs> That's actually part of their symbol. I cheated there a little bit because I didn't want, you know, you know, can't totally give it away. Not like any of you wouldn't know that symbol anyway, right, in this area? McDonald's, of course, yes. Oh, there was a little pause there. I was wondering, Pinterest has a little work to do yet. Not all of you probably recognize the Pinterest uh, logo right off the bat. But, you know, when you see those signs, when you see those symbols, if you want to call them that, you know if it's a restaurant, you know if it's a shoe company or apparel company, you know if they make computers or smartphones or, or whatever. I mean, just by that symbol, you know what they are all about. Now, in no way am I trying to suggest today that those signs and those symbols have any direct connection with the signs and symbols that we observe in the church. But I would like us to, to think this morning about the importance that these signs and symbols in the church hold in our lives as followers of Jesus Christ, as we are out there in the world. They are not just symbols. They are not just signs, like we sometimes refer to them. And, you know, we do that because we recognize that, that some other churches through history have viewed both baptism and communion in different ways. As Anabaptists and Mennonites, we believe that the bread and the cup are a sign or symbol of Christ's body and blood that was shed for us on the cross of Calvary. It's a time of remembrance and celebration that, that we give thanks for the new covenant which Jesus has established through His death and resurrection for us. And so, you know, that's the reason that the symbol of the cross has come to represent Christianity. If you or we wear the cross, if we display the cross, we need to really think about what that represents and, and also what that says about us and the life that we are leading and others are seeing. I mean, people, people are taking note out there in the world and we want to represent Jesus and His example the best that we can. As Anabaptists, we believe in believers' baptism, which means that the baptism is a sign or symbol of a person's cleansing from sin and their personal decision to follow Jesus Christ. We've talked about that some already this morning. That's why we ask those questions. 
that we just asked before a baptism. Because it gives them the opportunity to proclaim those decisions before the congregation. And the Holy Spirit, of course, is a part of that baptism. And so we believe that a person needs to be at least old enough to understand that and to make that decision for themselves. So the question is, what age is that? That's a good question. (laughs) Some are more ready than others at a particular age. There's no doubt about that. In our confession of faith, if we want to get down to what it says in our confession of faith, it says, baptism is for those who are of the age of accountability and who freely request baptism on the basis of their response to Jesus Christ in faith. Now, you know, the most important part is that the individual understands what baptism means and what it represents. You know, there's other important things, of course. Have they accepted Jesus into their heart and into their life? Have they repented of their sins and asked Jesus to forgive them? Along with those other questions that we, we just heard earlier. Are they ready to walk in the ways of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit? And that's a big one because that's not always easy in this world. We know that. None of us are perfect, but our desire as followers of Jesus and our aim as followers of Christ needs to be Jesus-centered and it needs to be Christ-focused. We also believe that the sign is more important than the method. In other words, if you've been here at church for many years, you know that a lot of times we will pour Our baptisms will be done here at the front, and we will pour because we don't have a baptistry here uh, in the church. But today, of course, we are going out to the pond to uh, immerse, have an immersion baptism for the four believers uh, that are being baptized today. Again, here's what our confession of faith says about that. It says, the church may baptize by pouring, immersion, or the sprinkling of water. There's another whole teaching that could go into that or or why, but one of the reasons that many Anabaptist and Mennonite communities chose pouring during the Reformation period in the 1500s was, was due to their persecution. You know, they couldn't go down to the river, especially during the wintertime in Europe, of course. And so they baptized youth and adults inside by the pouring over their head of water. The first Anabaptist baptisms actually took place that way in Zurich, Switzerland in 1525. If you're a part of the uh, Anabaptist Mennonite history class we did some months ago here, uh, you might remember the names George Blarock and and Conrad Grable. They were the first ones to actually do an adult baptism. Communion is the same way. The sign is more important than the method. 
We're told in Luke 22 that Jesus took the bread and the wine to represent His broken body and shed blood on the cross of Calvary. It hadn't happened yet, but He was giving them something to remember it by. He told His disciples that these symbols or these signs were going to be a reminder for the church of His sacrifice for all of humanity. Now when it comes to communion... We don't always use a specific loaf of bread like Jesus probably did. We almost always use grape juice instead of wine. And there are many different ways that churches today observe communion when it is shared. And I would say, you know, even in this church, we don't always share communion the same way. Sometimes we come forward and we tear off a piece of bread and we dip it in in the juice Other times we pass it down the pews, like we're going to do this morning. But the public testimony and the public remembrance of baptism and communion within the church community is what is important. You see, they are not just signs or symbols. They actually proclaim our testimony, our commitment... And our faith in Jesus Christ as a gathered community. In many ways it resembles the marriage of a man and a woman. Marriage ceremony. When they exchange vows in a wedding. Or when they light a unity candle. Or the many other ways that's represented by various symbols. To represent their love and their commitment to the other person. And those things should always be on our mind, you know, if you're married. I mean, each and every day, but it's also nice to have that yearly anniversary in which you celebrate and you remember those vows that that you made to each other. And so we understand why God has established baptism and why Jesus held the Last Supper with the disciples and encouraged believers to continue that symbol as a way to remember his sacrifice for us. In Luke 22, Jesus specifically says, do this in remembrance of me. But let's turn now to what Paul is saying in Romans 6. Verse 2, he says that we have died to sin and that we should live in it no longer. Our baptism gives example of that new life and that that cleansing of sin in our life. And the Lord's Supper, communion, reminds us of that great price that, that Jesus paid for that new life that is available to us. When we see someone baptized, it should remind each of us who have been baptized... Of our own baptism. And it should be a reminder and an encouragement for us to continually celebrate that new life in Christ. That is available and there is part of our life each and every day. In last month's church newsletter I wrote an article about the the daily walk of baptism. I said that our baptism should remind us of our daily need for forgiveness. And the salvation of Jesus in our life. As William Willimon once said, he said, Baptism is a lifetime process 
of God's work in us. Mennonite professor and author John D. Roth wrote a very good book some years ago. I'm not sure what year he wrote it, but it was about the various practices of worship and witness that we hold in the Mennonite church. And when he speaks about baptism, he also connects it to marriage. He says this, Like marriage, baptism in the Anabaptist understanding is not an assertion of individual rights, but a public statement of allegiance, a profession of loyalty to Christ and the church. He goes on to say this, To be sure, we enter the journey of faith at different levels of maturity and with varying understandings of what it means to participate in the gathered community. But baptism is nonetheless a binding commitment to each other and to Christ, sealed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now in that same book, when when he speaks about communion, he says this, The Lord's Supper is a meal of remembrance. Not only in the obvious sense that we are tempted to forget the most basic identity of our truest allegiances, but also in the sense of remembering, remembering, or restoring a body that has been broken. If you want to read more about that and and other things in the church, you can find that book in the rack in the foyer uh, for the church library. And uh, I think you'll find it very helpful in understanding some of these things, especially if you maybe grew up in a different faith tradition uh, than Anabaptist Mennonite. Um, You can read that and it'll explain maybe some of the reasons that Mennonites do the things the way we do them. But if we think about how those company logos at the first are so associated in our minds with certain products, we need to ask ourselves, are these signs and these symbols of our faith a living and active reminder of our commitment to God and God's commitment to us? They should not become idols or things that we worship. But they should represent covenants that are an important part of of our faith. You see, they should be more than just a symbol that we observe together on a Sunday morning, once in a while. Our baptism should be a reminder to live in the new life of Christ every single day that we live. The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross should give us hope and assurance each and every day of our lives that sin will not overcome us or defeat us. Paul said in verse 4 of Romans 6 that we are buried with Christ through baptism, that our sinful lives have died and that with Christ's resurrection from the dead, we too can experience new life. So the question this morning is, are we experiencing it? Are you experiencing it? Are you living in that way? Are you living in that hope? In that light? When someone sees you at the grocery store, 
Can they see evidence of your baptism and new life and the price that Jesus paid for you and the forgiveness of your sins? Instead of living a life that seems meaningless and and insignificant, like Solomon was saying last week in our passage from Ecclesiastes, we can live life with purpose. And we can live life with meaning because of Jesus. You know, we all looked at the golden arches when that came up there on the screen. And, you know, that symbol, we knew immediately what it meant. We knew immediately what they offered and what it represented, uh, that it represented food. Does our faith and does our commitment to God get communicated outside of these four walls in that same way? I mean, you know, people need to know who we are in the Lord, of course. But they need to, they need to see that we stand on the word of God as a guide in our life. But most of all, they need to know that they too can experience salvation in Jesus for themselves. It's great that we're going to have AMC shirts again to order. But I hope that our our witness and our testimony goes far beyond a verse or a message that's on a shirt. The way we live the way we act, the way we respond to people in this world needs to give witness to our faith as well. I hope that we can take these very important times this morning and realize what they represent in our lives. I mean, in Romans 6 here, Paul says that we are dead to sin. and We are alive in Christ. And so, you know, when someone sees me or you out there in the middle of the week, is that what they see? A redeemed life. A person with hope. The hope of Jesus. A believer that is living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Talked about that last week. Some. If so, then these symbols that we are celebrating this morning are not only a remembrance, they are our testimony. And a sign that we carry with us as Christ followers. Drew, Courtney, Kevin, and Michelle, from this day forward you will be known by your allegiance to Christ and your pledge to minister in His name. And the same thing can be said about each of us here who are followers of Jesus Christ. And as we share communion here in just a few moments, we will celebrate together our redemption, our hope, and our salvation in Jesus Christ. And so my prayer today is that as we go out about in the weeks and the days ahead, that it will be evident in our lives that we are saved, that we are redeemed, and that we are alive in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen? Amen. Let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. 
Lord Jesus, as we enter into this, this time of communion today, we remember the sacrifice that you paid for us in order to make us dead to sin and alive in your name. We thank you for these signs and these symbols that remind us of your love for us and the commitment that we have made to follow you. For the bread that represents your broken body for us, we give thanks. For the cup, which which represents your shed blood for forgiveness, for the forgiveness of our sins, we give thanks. Lord, we confess the times in which we have sinned and and fallen short of your will, we ask you to restore us in your grace and forgive us in your love. We do this in remembrance of you. And all God's people said, Amen.